It is a relentless roller coaster ride. Swings and roundabouts, peaks and troughs, and all the other tropes you can imagine. It's hard work being a Pairs fan. Win plenty, lose plenty, I don't know. Welcome to Honor Pair. It's three friends talking about the game they love and the team they follow, and the wins and losses that come in abundance. I've got my two good friends with me. Daryl Butler is back from holiday. How are you, sir? I'm very good, mate. I am sunburned. I am relaxed. I'm refreshed. And I'm ready to go. Good lad. And I've got me good mate, Peter de Sonberg, too. Hi, Pete. Hello, Jim. How are you, mate? I'm very well. Have you received the relevant documentation for Daz's escape to Devon? Uh, no, I haven't. And HR have been contacted. There we are. Disciplinary pending, Daz. Never mind. Right. We have got an awful lot to get through. Um, so I think probably we've just, we'll turn up, churn it out and get out of Dodge quickly. That's our approach. Are we on board, gents? Go, go, uh, go. go. <laughs> yes, right. please. I've, I've got a pizza on order, so we've got 40 minutes. Let's get on with it. <laughs> right, okay. If Pete's stomach is dictating terms, I'm all right of it. Okay, well, let's crack on in the usual fashion as we like to, and there's plenty of this to get through as well. It's the news. Uh, we're starting with the sad stuff as well. Unfortunately, Mike Hendrick, former England and Derbyshire fast bowler, has died at the age of 72. Uh, he played his part in uh, two Ashes victories, took 87 wickets in 30 tests for England between 74 and 81. He also took 770 wickets in his first-class career. So um, some sad stuff to start with. So Mike Hendrick, sadly, died at the age of 72. Um, sticking with England and their test match series against India, opening batsman Shubman Gill of spinning all-rounder Washington Sundar and fast bowler Avish Khan are all out of the series, which starts at Trent Bridge on August the 4th. And the Trent Rockets head coach has tested COVID-19 positive. That's uh, tons of fun himself, Andy Flower. He was described by Kevin Peterson as a fun sponge. Brutal. We would never suggest that of anybody on this pod. Daz, no, we wouldn't. Right, Daniel Worrell. <laughs> we will deal with Daniel Worrell. He played for Gloucestershire against Worcestershire today. In fact, we're recording on a Tuesday. The game's just finished, but he's signing for Surrey. Uh, Australian fast bowler has a dodgy mullet and a terrible collection of earrings. And I suppose we'll finish up as well with a look towards Australia. And England players are holding talks over plans potentially to not go down under this winter because the amount of cricket they'll have to play away from their families. Normally, the families can go to Australia for the Ashes, but a combination of the T20 World Cup and then a long trip down under, some players are reconsidering. So there we are. That is the news. Rapid fire. Move on. Daz, what's to watch? What do you got? Yeah, what's to watch? We're back in. Uh, Pete, well done. You did a great job last week. He was very good, actually, Daz. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to uh, start, well, we'll start with Moeen, shall we, for England? Start with the international stuff. Bowled a measly one for 19 from his four overs in the final of the three T20 matches against Pakistan. Cup restricting to 154 for six. And England obviously got a home in the final over in that one despite a late wobble. So they won that series 2 1. So well done to Moeen there. Right. Uh, Select 11 this week as well. Jake Libby was in action, wasn't he? It uh, feels like that was a million years ago. Um, right, but actually, but before you delve into that, I feel a bit sorry for Jake Libby here because in the space of two weeks, right, including that game, where he was basically trying to lay a marker down for Test cricket, was in two weeks he played two T20 games, he played a four-day game, a three-day game, and a 50-over game in no particular order. I mean, what's yeah. that for scheduling? I mean, like, you, can't, you, can't, you can't do it, can you? 
It's, it's just madness. I know that's how I mean, it goes. And they're basically just pushing the county championship to the perimeters of the summer because it doesn't yeah. make them money. But my goodness, how is the guy who is the best opener in county cricket and domestic? He <laughs> Two T20s, one one-day game, a three-day game and a four-day game. How is he... Four, four I don't know. Four matches in the space of a couple of weeks. He's mad, yeah. isn't it? Anyway, uh, tell us about the County Select 11. Sorry, Daz, I just had to get oh, that out. Right, mate. No it was a bit of a sort of petered out into a draw in the end, didn't it? Libby, 12 and uh, 17, not out in the second innings. Um, Hamid did well, didn't he? Got a ton in the first innings for the, the County Select 11. They made 220 for nine in their first innings, replied to India's 311. And then after India declared, it fizzled out to a draw. So, uh, yeah, it was good to see him in the side, though. That's the same thing I can say about it, really. Didn't anybody catch it? I did. I did watch it. I felt. I felt a bit sorry for for Libby actually because uh, up until that point, it was at twelve of about thirty odd balls. He looked really comfortable. He looked really good. He looked more fluent as well than uh, Hamid. And just for some reason, it was just one over where it was just flat footed waft. Really, he got got one. I felt it kept a little bit low inside edge and clattered into his stumps. And it was just a bit unLibby like. Really, it was a bit pensive. It was a bit passive. It had the feel of one day footwork, didn't it, Jim? Yeah, actually it did, yeah, because me and Pete were chatting about this, thinking, well, would that matter? And you know that the players won't make those excuses, but it must be hard to click in, especially, again, it's a test, you know, a test bowling attack who have just played in the um, World Test Championship final. So this is the, the best of the best, and his preparation for it is four different games in four different formats and it wasn't quite the assured lib but it was just that over just building up to it he looked pretty comfortable i think hamid had basically dropped anchor and it felt like libby maybe was trying to push things forward because the run rate was about 2.1 or something like that so i think he was trying to look to be a little bit more aggressive but he played and missed at one uh then there was a bit of a dubious leave and then uh, it felt like the wicket was coming that over and it and it came i think it was yadav who bowled it and um uh, yeah, yeah. So it's a shame, really. Well, let's let's not be doomed, merchants, gents. Let's uh, let's have hope that he continues to play good form for Worcestershire and sees himself with another opportunity. Correct. You, you've got to say that Jake Libby, he's probably top of the list right now for my player of the season. There's plenty of time for that to change, but you know we love Jake Libby. I just felt like it wasn't as bigger, you know, it wasn't as bigger opportunity as perhaps they could have made it for him. Anyway, sorry, I'm sorry, but yeah, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a nothing game. It was good practice for India ahead of the Test series, wasn't it? Absolutely right. Yeah. Um, right, any more for any more, Daz? Shall we do the 100? Very well. I'll, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll, I've deleted the 100 jingle. Um, sort of by accident, and I didn't do much to retrieve it. So there is no jingle for the 100. <laughs> People already know that we're not really in love with this tournament. So, Pete, do you want to put down some parameters as how we go about our business here? I So we let Daz rattle through the Worcestershire contributions. Maybe we can have a, a minute roundup each of what we think about it. Uh, and then we'll have no no more said about it. Very well. Expletives not allowed. Pete, you monitor the clock. Daz, what did the Worcestershire players do or not do in the 100 this week? Well, we'll start with Friday's Phoenix match against the Spirit, where Arnley Arlock scored eight runs and took two for 30 from uh, 15 deliveries. Spirit, though, won that one by three wickets. And then later on that day, Moeen took one for 11 of 10 deliveries and scored a 30 ball 40. Phoenix checked out 145. This is a bit dreary. Trying to keep focus, but I'm hungry. Pete's having pizza for tea. Maybe I'll get a pizza after this. I love pizza. Veggie Supreme, extra jalapenos. Oh, maybe 
I've got some vegan masaka in the fridge. I could have that. Oh, I don't know. I'll just decide on my way home. But the Rockets lost out by 27 runs in that one, and that takes you up to date. I will be honest with you. I, I just had a little sit in my chair and had a little daydream. Yeah. No idea what's just been said. Um, no it's not you, Daz. Um, so, okay. W one minute apiece. Pete, can I go first? And then I can zone out again? Of course, mate. Okay, here we go. Uh, my views on the 100. It appears to me that the 100 looks like a really good tool to promote the women's game. And that first game with the crowds that they've had has been excellent. And the amount of young children and particularly young women and girls at that game was great and i think putting it on tv and on on terrestrial tv is ace so i'm all for the women's hundred i think it's a fabulous tool and i think it will really improve the game i do not share those sentiments with the men's game and that is where i shall leave it i think that's a fair fair point from my perspective the hundred is 2020 cricket with one ball less brighter kit colors and plenty of crisps um, that's my kind of general <laughs> summary of the tournament. Um, I don't like the concept. I share your views about the men's uh, the men's game, but I can see a world where I can get behind it. I've liked seeing families and kids in the crowds. Um, I've liked you know people pulling behind a, a franchise. I can get behind that. We do that with the the Sparks. And I've quite liked that we've got a, a tournament that I don't see it as devalued. I like the opportunity of bringing players through like Dell, like Baker and Banton. I think that's quite exciting to give them an opportunity of first team cricket and to hopefully strengthen the Worcestershire side. So I don't like the concept, but I'm trying to be optimistic about its future. It's considered and uh, logical and reasoned as always, Pete, and I respect it. Daz, uh, no four-letter words, please. Go. Yeah. I think uh, you make good points about the women's game. It's good for the women's game. I would love to have seen them somehow come up with a format that would have allowed uh, mixed gender teams in it. Um, and I think that would have promoted it even more to see women playing alongside men in it. But uh, maybe that's something for the future. I had a bit of an epiphany with the 100 when I was away. I was in Devon. I was talking to a fellow down there in the pub. And, uh, and he said to me, well... Devon's been ignored by county cricket for 150 years, so why should we be bothered about the 18-county system now? And it's a good point, isn't it? You've got Devon, Cornwall, all those other, uh, you know, Norfolk, Suffolk, all those other counties without a hope and hell of getting into the first-class game. Berkshire have won the minor counties championship for about five years running. Have they got a sniff of getting first-class status? Absolutely not. So why shouldn't they go and support a, a, an eight-city franchise? I will say, though, just on the, the point that I forgot to mention about the 100 that's annoyed me is that uh, Cox, Pennington and Brown have seen no action but yet not been sent back to us for the one-day cup. That's that's irritated me. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it is what it is. Ultimately, if they'd have just put T20 cricket on the TV at the same time and made a big thing of it, oh, yeah, then they'd have had exactly... They go, oh, the atmosphere's incredible at Trent Bridge for a day-night game of cricket. Well, it always is. If it's a yeah, t If you go to the T20 between Yorkshire and Lancashire, it's a sellout and it's chaos yeah. and it's brilliant. But, you well, know... Yeah, it it has has sells out every single year. It's, it's... Yeah. Right, let's move on. Ah, God. Right, the hundreds a thing. We've got to live with it. Like you know, rabies or chlamydia. Um, uh, I'll delete that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right, anyway, should we talk about some cool proper actual cricket for proper actual yeah. counties? Yes, wins. Go. Let's talk about wins. Yes, so, I mean, after that, misery. Um, Worcestershire 
what's going on? Because it's just like it's it's a win for a loss. That's basically our lives now. It's so up and down. But I tell you what, I'm a little bit in love with the Royal London One Day Cup boys. <laughs> Aren't we all after those two games? I mean, we've been treated to two absolutely cracking games of cricket. And if we're honest, they're only cracking because we won. But great wins nonetheless. So let's dive in. The first game against Kent at New Road on Sunday against Kent. Worcestershire won the toss and decided to field. Uh, A couple of things to note. Jack Haynes opened the batting with Jake Libby. Tom Fell came in. Josh Dell came in. Ed Barnard, Gareth Roderick had the gloves. Joe Leach, Jack Banton got his first first first-class game. Adam Finch, Charlie Morris and Josh Baker. So it was a young and inexperienced bowling attack. And uh, it started well, but kind of fell away. 322 for seven, Kent made in their first innings. What did you make of it, Pete? I know you missed a lot of it, Daz, because you were on the motorway, weren't you? I was. I was coming back from my holiday, mate. Oh, I yeah. went on holiday last week. Did I mention it? No, you, mate, you didn't bring it up, which I thought was very good of you. <laughs> right. Um, so, Pete, what did you make of it, mate? To, well, to be honest, Jim, the batting side of it has completely eclipsed the innings for me. So my memory of what actually happened has sort of morphed into just Joe Leach launching it into the stands. But, I mean, there was a brilliant middle-order stand, wasn't there, with Muncy and, and Finch, who, who who took the game, you thought, potentially away from us. I thought we bowled quite well first up. Uh, Baker especially bowled really well in his first spell, but they took him off after five overs, didn't they? And he didn't, wasn't so good when he came back. But it's, it's nice to see him turning his arm over while he looks really, really promising. And I know we've got more to talk about him for later in the day. But yeah, I thought thought the seamers bowled OK. They're just persistent with short stuff, aren't they still? Same as after the T20. Yeah, I think you're right, Pete. It's really difficult to concentrate on this because we know what we all know what's coming and we all know what we want to talk about, which we'll get to. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the, the seamers were just OK. We looked in a reasonable uh, position after about 30 overs. It's the last the last 20, really, that hurt us. But you're right. Baker bowled his first five overs for about, about one for 27 and looked really, really neat and tidy. But they took him off so they could bowl Jacques Banton from the same end, from the new road end, which is why... I mean, I'm with you. I j- just bowl him out. He was bowling beautifully, going for nothing. Um, but they wanted to get Banton in. I thought Banton, his round arm, um, kind of left arm finger spinner... And he, I mean, he played because they were short on numbers. I don't think he's ready. He was, he bowled very, very full. Didn't really give the ball a chance to kind of grip and turn. He was sort of, he was neat and tidy, but absolutely no threat whatsoever, really. Baker looks great, but yeah, you're right, Pete. The the seamers just determined to bang it into the deck, and uh, Muncie and Finch basically got their eye in and sent them to all parts. It's worth noting that uh, Dolly pulled out the game just before it started, didn't he, with a shoulder injury? So. You would have seen uh, Dolly in for, for Banter, but yeah. uh, unfortunately just just had to drop out at the last minute. Yeah, really good point, Pete. And um, with, with Dolly in the side, we look a different side because you, you strengthen the batting and the bowling there. So, yes, you, you, it's a really good point. Not to, not to beat up uh, Jacques Banton. He's a lad that stepped in at the last minute um, and he looks promising. And he, well, it was okay, five overs, none for 22. And I'm sure there's a good critter in there somewhere. The response... Well, we got over the line in the end, basically with an over to spare and uh, chasing down 322 with uh, an inexperienced batting lineup. So Haynes and Dell opened the innings. And Jack, he just hits 50s. He just gets 50s, doesn't he? Jack Haynes puts a Worcestershire shirt on, goes out to bat and gets a 50. That's what he does. 77 from 89 balls. Fell got a great 50 odd. He looked great, didn't he, Pete? I know you're a fan. 
I am. Uh, I am. I find I, I, we've discussed some of the limitations and, and areas that it needs to improve on. But I think there is a, re, a good cricketer in there, um, and hopefully can recapture that form that he had back uh, in 2014-15. But I thought Dell and Fell were really good in the game against Herefordshire. That knock seems to have done Fell the world of good. Dell looked really good for his 20, um, but he, he comes off the back of that 60 in that Herefordshire match. But yeah, the three of them were really good and. Um, it was just yeah. when they departed that it started to look a little bit ropey, didn't it? Well, yeah, Dell got 20 off t- 21 balls, hit three fours. You know, it took a while to have a look, but then got aggressive and started upping the rate. Haynes is just classy. He's just a really classy cricketer. And yeah, you're right. Fell's innings of 57. It came off 56 balls, hit two sixes. And he'd be dis- disappointed in getting out because Haynes and Fell were just absolutely in control. And at 134 for one, uh, and in the middle of the 23rd over, and you're thinking, this is a really, really good platform. But uh, when Fell went, we got into trouble quite quickly, didn't we, Daz? It, it, it ended up, what yeah, looked like it, we were cruising in, and in a really strong position, ahead of where Kent were, and, um, and within the space of about 10 overs. The wheels didn't come off, but we were in trouble. Well, you thought when Fell went that um, you got Libby there still, and he sort of felt pretty confident. But after that, I don't know, you'd didn't look like there was a lot to come, did there? And uh, as you say, there's a bit of a mini collapse, wasn't there? To, was it 180 odd for six? Yeah, 180 uh, ended up being 184 for six. But uh, I think I was the jinx, actually, on Kent. I think uh, as soon as I turned on, Joe Leach started performing. Well, we were talking about this, Daz, like we'd crossed the streams, because I, um, yeah. I was doing life admin with my partner, so I was listening to it, and I thought, well, I'll get... I was, cu- I was cooking a vegan masaka. That's me life admin. I'll own it. I was cooking a vegan masaka, and I thought, I'll get the YouTubes on in the kitchen whilst I'm doing me prep work. And a procession of wickets. Libby's dismissal, I thought, was a bit soft. Roderick's dismissal, I thought, was a bit soft. Roderick went for five, and you just thought, there's a guy that's so out of form, God help us. But Haynes going as well. And it, at that point, I, I thought it was unfair to send uh, young Banton in because the run rate was then... Well, he, he, he came in at 181 for five, off 32 and a half and the run rate was climbing to well north of eight it was around about eight and a half and so we had to just try and throw the bat at it and i thought it was unfair so he went for one but he went for one trying to carve one over extra cover for six so there was no shame there was no shame in in that when you see him coming in at seven at any point you you know that stage still needs 150 odd to win you just it's mates thinking that's it isn't it and i mean there's not a lot to come after that but yeah 184 for six 33 and a half overs and we are let's face it right up against it there is there's barnard there and there's joe leach and they are quality players and you're not done until you're done but at that point you're looking at well we've got a one percent chance we're a chip and a chair here yeah and you know those two have got to put on 130 yeah th- if we're going to win 300 310 if we're going to win that game those two are going to get us there and there's yeah. they've got to be there at the end to get this done and the chances of not making a single mistake what they had to do was play flawless cricket for 16 and a half overs they had to play error free cricket for 16 and a half yeah. overs up nine and over and well it was wasn't it i mean the joe leach innings we know he can do it we've seen him in four day cricket smack it all over the place and just play aggressive st- stuff but just clean hitting from the off it was incredible yeah, it, it was uh, two sixty pulled over mid wicket. Two of the first three or four balls I saw, I think it was six dot, then number six. It just, I mean, it just seemed like a beach ball, wasn't he? Picking it up, timing it, and clearing the rope by a country mile. 
It, it was so I mean, clean. It was. It, I mean, there was there were men on the ropes as well. He wasn't given a chance away. He just knew he was quitting the rope, and he did. There were two things for me. Firstly, the, the Barnard's innings, I thought, was was good. It was what was needed. He had the look of a man that, that knew he was the last recognised batsman, and he had to go about his business carefully. Couldn't do it slowly. Just carefully, I think, is the word. And he could step on it when needed. I don't think he had his most fluent innings, but he, he, he got the job done that was needed. And yeah, you're right yeah, about Leach. Really it was clean, powerful hitting. And he didn't really give any chances away that I can remember. I think there was one that was just over the head, maybe, of, of the guy on the boundary ropes, but he was never really in it. And it wasn't a, a, a more-by-luck-than-judgment 88. It was just a brutal, clean-hitting 88. And you're right. right about Barnard as well. Barnard's innings, for me, was as good as Leach's, because he just looked totally out of nick to me. His footwork had all gone. He wasn't timing the ball. It, it, there was no way he could play the innings that Leach played and get the runs we needed. So he was quite happy to watch Leach do it at the other end keep himself there which he had to because like I said there was nothing to come well, yeah, keep I, I, I think Leach, keep, keep the singles, get Leach back on strike he's going to win the game for us and, and Barnard I think he played an absolutely superb innings give, give yeah. him, I mean he looked so out of touch at the start of that innings yeah, I, think, I think you're absolutely right it, it was clear that it wasn't scratchy but he wasn't timing the ball um, and he was finding the fielders and you kind of realised that well, look, if, if I'm not going to be finding the boundary as well I've got to rotate the strike I've got to stay in the game and we've got to take this deep because as soon as you start getting to overs 42, 43, 44, the bowlers are going to start panicking. And uh, and that's what he did. He did just enough. He didn't get bogged down at an end. And Leach, as you say, it was beach ball, wasn't it? And it was uh, bowlers like Stewart who came on and got a stranglehold, was going at three or, you know, three and a half and over. And then Leach just took a liking to him. Anything that was middle or middle and leg, he was just clipping over yep. deep mid-wicket for six. And it was just the effort. When everyone else was trying to f- fight to time it, because Libby wasn't fluent and Roderick was scratching about and Barnard couldn't you couldn't get the ball away. And Leach was just freeing his hands, just these clean, lovely s- swings of the bat. And he just played good percentage cricket. He, 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 really- went, he, he went to shots that he knew well. He kind of occasionally would just move across, his, move across his stumps just a little bit to open up the leg side, attacked a short boundary and... Of an odd sort of fashion, you kind of felt that when Kent were batting, they were really in control and put a good total on the board, but they didn't attack the short boundary, and I felt like they, they should have gone a, at least two or three overs earlier than they did, probably four or five, and they could have been they could have been looking at 340. So, Am I the only person that's a little surprised, though, that they've gone through and uh, ended up obviously losing that game, and Darren Stevens still had three overs in the bank? He was one for 29 off seven, and they never brought him back on. That's a good point, Pete. Yeah. I didn't point. notice that. No, they didn't because they, they'd stuck with... Because Stewart had done such a good job and Quinn had done such a good job um, basically trying to strangle in the middle overs when the wickets were falling. Uh, and Stewart ended up going for 66 off nine. But yeah, Stevens didn't come back. I wonder why. I mean, you'd have thought. Because with with about three overs to go, Worcestershire were getting ahead of it. And heads were starting to go. Bowlers, you know, Reardon started bowling wides. Um, Milnes couldn't control his length and he started getting tapped or you know he started to drop short and, and, and getting done and Stevens the old wily professional uh, 112 or whatever he is now I mean either way we're, we're very grateful and uh, it was a disappointment that Leach didn't get to see his team over the line but what placement from uh, Josh Baker just to top edge it over the keeper yeah well I tell you what <laughs> when I thought when we got to about 230 or thought you know we were thinking this is on I mean, there's a lot to do, but this is on. Now that the commentators weren't really going with it, but in modern cricket, I know it was flirting with about eight and a half, nine and over, 
But for a modern cricketer, that's not a big deal yeah. anymore. It's still difficult to do, but you're not going to be intimidated by it. If you, if um, that's a really good point. Again, isn't it? If you keep those two there until the end or very near the end, they're going to go at nine and a half and over if they need to. Because they can, they're capable. And I think the way Leach was hitting, he could have gone at 12 if he needed to, I think. I think I think it's both, yeah, really good points that 10 and over over a short spell doesn't bother teams and over 300 doesn't bother teams anymore. The notion that 300 plus is, you know, impossible is just outdated thinking, unfortunately. It, you know, Kent have now scored 300 in two games and lost them both. Yeah. Well, that's the sort of modern way, isn't it? No, no one's frightened of hitting sixes. No one's frightened of, like, I think that might well be, you know, that the, the influence of the England, in the England side that's just saying, if you're going to go down, go down swinging. You just you just keep hitting. Yeah. The mistake England made in the World Cup in 2015 was being happy with 300 back in first. And other teams were just starting to get ahead of that by then. And then England took, took the ball by the horns and said, all right, hang on, actually, we can get to 400 here. And, and it's followed on from that, really, hasn't it? And look, we, we actually got there comfortably. We got there with five balls to spare. You know, and I, what yeah. it was was uh, uh, Barnard and, and Daz. You're absolutely right about him playing the correct innings. And again, you could hear the, the commentators were getting a bit twitchy about it, going, "He needs to get a move on us." No, he doesn't. He just yeah. needs to be there. He needs to be there. And then it, when it really mattered, and was it the the 46th over, or was it the start of the of 47th, when the Kent bowlers were starting to, you know, starting to lose their line a little bit, that's when he got the scoop out and the ramp out, and he hit those. He yeah. hit Stewart for two back fours back in the forward, first two balls down past um, five, uh, third man, uh, and it was eight off the first two balls of the over and hot. They've gone. We've got them here because all we've got to do is just knock it about. So when it really yeah. mattered, he had the guts to pull out a shot that he knows he can play. Risky though it is, play it twice and take two boundaries off the first two balls. Um, and I, I, you know, I thought it was. Um, a really well controlled, really well composed, brilliant chase. I mean, it's eighty-eight from fifty-one, seven sixes from Leach. I mean, he'll not play like that again this season. But the fact is, he's capable of it, and Kent gave him the opportunity. Uh, what a yeah. fabulous, fabulous win! What a great knock! Uh, was anybody a little bit worried when he got eight? Well, no, uh, no, a little niggle no, in the back we, of the head. <laughs> but uh, no, it was so great to over the keeper. Top edge over the keeper, always planned, always knew what he was doing, yeah. no problem. <laughs> Guided Josh. I mean, well, again, they could have sent out Charlie Morris, and Charlie Morris can bat. You know, he's not a rabbit by any stretch, but like, send the kid out because, you know, they like, I like this kid. He doesn't mind the pressure. Um, and I was a bit worried. I thought he was facing up, wasn't he? He'd four, four to win with an over to go. You think if, he, uh, if there's a couple of dot balls here, you might get a bit twitchy. But again, yeah. the modern way with cricket is don't be frightened. If you need four, hit it. Hit the ball. I don't, um, far be it for me to do your hosting duties, Jim, but Baker not minding the pressure seems like a very good link into the uh, into the game today. Well, Peter, consider yourself a Segway merchant. Yeah, we are. We're a little bit. It's been an interesting day because this game has gone on forever. It feels like it feels like this game's gone on for a couple of days, but there's only been about 52 overs in it. Um, so yes, we are recording straight after the Gloucestershire game, um, and it was a weird one in that everybody knew it was going to rain. The rain was about. The clouds were all over the shop. It was wet in the West Country, but the ground was dry. Worcestershire were asked to bat first. Uh, there was one change. Banton came out and Dolavira came back in to open the batting. We made 228 in 40.3 overs in about nine days because there were rain breaks. 
Um, I suppose, right, with, with the batting performance, initially, I was a bit frustrated, boys. We started really nicely, Haynes and Dolivera going at six odd and over, and then Dolly, he cracked Shaw for four, first ball of the over, in the, uh, in the fifth over, back over his head for four, great shot, and then he tried to hoik him from wide outside off stump and got a top edge. And I just thought, what a silly shot. Um, and yeah, there, are a few, there are a few softest missiles, but, but you boys made a really good point, actually, about the, how aggressive they were being, despite it being so early. Which it took me a second. It took me a little while to realise. I mean, I, I think you're right. The, the, the Dolavera shot was a silly shot either way, wasn't it? To be perfectly honest. But I think they were expecting the rain to come quite early, and they were looking at getting the run rate as high as they could. Yeah. Push the Duckworth Lewis into their favour. So, and and then Haynes played it almost exactly the same shot, didn't he? Just outside off stump and tried to get in line oh, yeah. through the uh, through the leg side again. But uh, mitigating circumstances today because of the uh, the rain that was around. Yeah. I also think you have to factor in what we've just said in that the game has moved on and players no longer think of it as we've scored a boundary and we can see out the over. I know you're going to come back with me of match context and savvy cricket and you're completely right, but I think the game has moved on. If they think it's in the slot, they will go for it. No, I'm, I'm not going to come back at you, Pete, but you're right. I did kind of think, well, you've got your four. If the ball's there, go for it. If it isn't, take a single and go and take another seven, eight off the over and do it in singles, and that's fine. But that's sort of always my way because wickets in hand these days, vital. But and I think you're right, Pete. I'm I'm an advocate of aggressive cricket, and I'd be a hypocrite to cane him for it. At the time, it's I was one of those, bit... isn't it? When it doesn't come off, we jump up and down saying it's ridiculous and we're entitled to. And when it comes off, we laud them as legends. So, it, you know, you live and die by your decisions, don't you? And he, he got it wrong today, but he, he's done pretty well all year. So it, there are arguments both ways for it. Yeah, and I think with, with what Daz pointed out about, you know, with one eye on the weather, the way the rest of them batted then contextualised it and you thought, yeah, they are. There's, there is an eye on the weather here. So I don't think he plays that shot if it's a nice, dry, sunny day and guaranteed to be honest yeah, I agree. but again more it was just frustrating because it was such a solid I you, start I think you saw the same thing with Dalzening as well because it had gone to a bit of a lull and then as the clouds started coming over again and it looked like it was about to rain he started he started playing a lot more aggressively didn't yeah. he about well, run rate. and you're well, right about wickets in hand being important for the DL but so uh, if you can in these well, short games, if you can bump 12 and over for a couple of overs that, 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 that shoots the opposition's target right up it's, it's well, really important with the wickets in hand, I was actually just thinking about the end of the innings and when you can really explode. But I'm mean, oh, okay, about, yeah. but because um, I didn't realise quite how um, troublesome the weather was going to be today. But yeah, Dell batting at seven also put takes the pressure off. We you know leech at eights, we bat deep, so that does affect it. There was a, kind of the odd frustration because there were a, a couple of dismissals. Fell when it was a legitimate edge. It was a good good dismissal. There was nothing wrong with that. But it was the first ball after a break. Libby got out to Van Bruen, uh, which was the first ball after a break. And Barnard played a sweep shot he didn't need to to his first ball, got a golden duck. So retrospectively, when we ended up being 134 for five in the 26th over, I'm like, they didn't. Gloucester have bowled okay. They haven't bowled 134 for five okay. So I was no, frustrated no. by that. Um, because I, I agree thought, with that. Because uh, I thought a few of the dismissals were soft. There were times where I didn't think we were savvy enough. But again, I, I was probably a little bit harsh because they were acutely aware of the fact if you saw the clouds above the ground they were just big grey monstrosities it's kind of um, monolithic rain clouds can I just mention Roderick's innings is that alright? oh 100% 
I know there's some frustration amongst supporters that Milton should be playing and obviously the frustration of the hangover from Roderick in his, his current form. And I get that. I kind of understand Roderick taking the gloves. You know, he's capable. He's got more experience. I think the decision, I can understand it. And today, it wasn't a spectacular innings by any stretch of the imagination. It wasn't fluent, but I think it was really gutsy at a time where we did lose a few wickets. We needed somebody to hang around there. So I thought that 23, uh, whilst I'm not suddenly saying he's, he's, he's become a world-class cricketer, it was important for him and it was important for the innings today. Um, so I just thought I'd mention that. Absolutely right, yeah. Pete. Absolutely I, right. I agree with that. I think uh, it was very similar to Barnard in the, the other day against Kent. I, I mean, at 134 for five with Dalland and <laughs> coming in to join Roderick, you're thinking, uh, you know, I'd probably rather have Dalland Rodney with the, uh, the, the the season Roderick's had with the bat. But like you said, he dug in, stayed there, did what he had to do. Mate, around to the hang on a minute. It's Del Boy and Rodders. Delboy and Rodders, isn't it? Delboy and Rodders. Of course they're going to bat well together. Um, Pete, um, it's a really good point because, yeah, the stats look rubbish. 23 from 36 with a strike rate of 63, no boundaries. But Gareth Roderick did absolutely everything right for a man who's in no form at all because... Um, he actually didn't look in any trouble at all. He ran between the wickets well. He was aggressive with his running. He rotated the strike. And most importantly, what we desperately needed was a partnership. We needed something here because if we were going, if we got bowled out for two hundred, we've had it. You know, two hundred or five uh, in a fifty-over game, we've had it. Um, and what he did was steady the ship. And I thought his keeping. We'll get on to the bowling performance in a bit. His keeping actually, I thought, was decent. And he was chirping in the in the in yeah. the um, in the field. And I think. Why is he playing ahead of Milton? I mean, if we're honest, Roderick's on a three-year deal. He's on a three-year contract, and there are other pros who are probably in a better position than him within the team whose contracts are coming to up at the end of the season. They've got to find a way to make Roderick work, by the way. They've got to find a way for this to come off. So the one-day cup is the one way that they can try and get a bit of form in the guy or at least try and ingratiate him into the first-team environment. Um, and Absolutely, I thought... and it, it's the same with Fallon T20 cricket, isn't it? He came in for two games, it didn't work for him, and he was dropped for Mitchell after that point. Might not have been Mitchell, actually. Um, but yeah, was, he came yeah, in for two Mitchell. games and he was dropped after that point. It will be the same for Roderick. If he doesn't do it with the bat at the start of the one-day cup, Milton is primed and ready to come in. Yeah, but he, I think Roderick, he he was a good team player. He he His glove work was great. Actually, he saved a vital four, and we'll, again, we'll get to that. But yeah, it's a really good point, Pete. And it is, it is easy to keep giving someone stick who's having a continually difficult time. Um, um, but uh, in this instance, it was a vital 23 at the right time, done in the right way. A busy, courageous, stick your hand up, and he got, he got out to shore, and it was a really good delivery, actually. It nipped back into him off the seam. There was no shame in that dismissal whatsoever. Yep, agreed. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, Josh Dell, he's a very he's a very simple setup. He's not a hugely complex cricketer, I don't think. But he's got quick hands, he's got a big bat, and he's got an eye for a boundary. And um, 32 off 32 balls. He, Leach, and Baker. Leach got 18 not out. Baker, 21 not out. Not the most convincing of shots from Josh Baker, but really important runs towards the end of the innings, as the uh, Duckworth Lewis legend that is Daryl Butler can confirm. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Like I said, pumped, uh, those late runs pumped the score up for Gloucestershire, didn't it? So really, really important from Baker. And, and like you say, it was a, there was a couple of sort of baseball shots, wasn't there? But that's all he had to do. 
came in right at the back. It, it advocates what I was sort of saying earlier about the 100. Rather than looking at it as a negative that they play, Dell's been doing it in the seconds. He's getting a chance to showcase his, showcase his skills at first team level against, you know, against teams that are still fielding uh, strong sides. So um, he scored runs all year and he's now carried that in and, and has some useful knocks for the first team. So, uh, yeah, really promising. I like the look of Dell. Yeah, I, I, it, it looks really promising as well for the T20 Blast next year. When we're talking about firepower in, in the top of the order, is that you kind of think, chuck Dell, up, uh, Dell in there. If he gets 20 off 15 balls, he's done his job. And you fancy him to do that more often than not. Um, and yet again, you know, I just mentioned Haynes, puts a Worcestershire shirt on, goes out the back, gets a 50, 59 from 61. Um, so all in all, it was quite difficult circumstances. They went off after 34 overs, came back for another six and a half. So 228 for seven of 40.3. Um, we had an extended uh, debate about rain delays and all that sort of stuff. We won't bore the listeners with it. There were some valid points all over the option, but that is for another day. Possibly when a game's rained off, I don't know if people would even want to hear it. But um, <laughs> over, o- over the course of a day and over the course of about, I don't know, two and a half hours, we managed to get a viable innings in for Gloucestershire. You need 10, in, 10 overs to constitute an innings. We got 11 overs. After a rain break within that, the revised total of 94 was required from 11 overs. Gentlemen, it was an eventful, I say innings, it was an eventful little slog, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, if you're not across it um, and uh, there's a reason the reasonable chance you might not be because it only finished what an hour ago um, Gloucestershire made 82 for 4 in their innings they came up short Worcestershire won by 11 runs but it wasn't plain sailing was it it was 3 overs to go I thought we'd add it to be fair yeah, what was... last 3 overs from uh, Leach and Baker Two from I'd agree with that Van, Van Buren looked looked dangerous didn't he He was busy he was hitting the ball cleanly it looked like he held the key for them uh and i was worried yeah i, I mean, we didn't get him out we've lost the game yeah I, I was the same i was with you it it didn't it didn't look great morris's first over went for 15 um people will look at morris's figures and and maybe panic if you're not a morris fan but his 15 he, he bowled the first over was actually really, a really good over and he was very unlucky he bowled very well for his two overs for 22 um, again, as Pete will um, attest, because Pete is a Morris guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, completely. I mean, he had bowled one ball, but bad ball, which was dispatched. Uh, and then there was a, a kind of top edge. Uh, and then there was an inside edge, which went past the stumps for four. So, um, yeah, he, he bowled reasonably well, uh, considering the, the scenario. Yeah. Well, and I they wanted 115 off, was it 14 overs to start with? And so they were going to go off swinging at the start. They had three overs of power play. They were going to go off swinging and it, that can happen, can't it? You can, you, well, you will come away with a couple of fluky fours if you do that, which is what happened. Yeah. And you've just got to hope that you, you get the wicket before they get too many runs in fluky fours. And thankfully we did. Yeah, Joe Leach came on and got a couple of wickets quickly. He banged it into the surface um, and they obviously tried to club him away. Uh, a short ball um, did for Charlesworth he tried to tried to slash at one and uh, ended up getting caught by Finch at short third man uh, it didn't take long for Leach to do the same two balls later tried to um, hook a ball that was just too close to him got a top edge went off to fell in the offside and uh, 16 for two in the second over you feel kind of alright about it for the next few overs it was a bit backwards back and forth wasn't it 
was a bit. It all came down to those last three overs, didn't it? You know, they got themselves in position, as we said. Gloucestershire seemed favourite, but it's who could hold their nerve in the final three overs: the Gloucestershire batsmen or the Worcestershire bowlers. Yeah, I just, a quick mention as we get to the last three. Um, Barnard bowled two overs, not for 16. One of the overs was very ordinary. One of the overs was half decent. Finch bowled two overs, one for 15. There was a lot of short and wide stuff. There was a lot of plays and misses. But ultimately, uh, at seven and a halfs and taking a wicket, he's done himself no harm at all. I was a bit heart in mouth when he came back on for his second over ahead of Baker. Um, but actually, the lad did okay. Um so that's fair enough. But the, the situation we faced, uh, essentially, after the after the ninth rain break of the day, or whatever it was, they needed 48 off 31. And then with three overs to go, it was... Uh, was it 26 required? It, yeah, it's, it's mid-20s off 18 balls on it. Yeah, and with uh, Van Buren, who was set as well, and Taylor, who looked okay, we sort of feared the worst. But it was... Um, it was two overs from Joe Leach and one from Josh Baker. And Gloucestershire didn't get close. Leach just bowled a, a combination of just back of a length. And Pete, I know you hate this phrase, but he hit the pitch hard uh, and he bowled a heavy ball. And then he just stuck it up in the block hole. We never see Worcestershire players stick it up in the block hole. He bowled a couple of Yorkers. His over went for four and the pressure was on. Uh, you're right. The plaudits yeah. will go to Leach and quite rightly, but the, the over for me is uh, is Josh Baker, that, that penultimate over that they would have targeted him as the spinner. And he didn't give them anything and he came out with it with a wicket as well. Like, it was a brilliant over. Yeah, they needed 21 and they could not hit him. I mean, it was, it was some clever bowling as well because he was following the bats. Whenever they tried to make a little bit of room because they were looking to attack the short boundary with the offside, trying to make a little room and move towards leg and then try and cut it. And he just followed them. I just didn't. They couldn't free, the, free their arms. He pushed the ball through hard. Um, he couldn't get underneath it. Uh, and just a collection of singles. And he came out of that two overs, one for 13. He's a teenager. And basically, he left, he left them needing 17 off the last over and Leach did not give them a sniff. Finish. I think Daz mentioned it on chat, but um, we need to love bust the, uh, the man in the crowd who shouted no ball though in the oh, penultimate yeah. delivery. Oh, uh, we all had our hearts in our mouths then, didn't we? Yeah, it got to the point, it was like 16 off, then it's 16 off three and uh, and it was uh, six hitting time and it was a massive go oh! And, we're like, and the commentators were thinking, it's a no-ball. Oh, my God, the it's back on. Put, the umpire put his arm out as well, didn't he? Yeah. And it all looked like a no-ball. <laughs> I, I tried to message out to you both going, what an absolute ball. What on earth he's done a no-ball there for? <laughs> and I had to delete it. Yeah. <laughs> just before I sent it. <laughs> uh, you know, a weaker man would have broken down, Daz, but you kept your composure. And it was a, yeah. a really exemplary wide Yorkers. He bowled wide Yorkers. Um, kept his feet well behind the uh, popping crease. Uh, and in the end, I mean, it was just comfortable. From a game that, yeah, honestly, three overs to go, we thought Gloucestershire should win this with seven wickets in hand and two men set. But, I mean, this kid Baker, he's got some minerals. Uh, and Joe Leach, I tell you what, it's a funny old business because in the T20 second 11 games, he was getting carted all over the shop. Um, but in this instance, who would have thunk it in a competitive game of cricket, the Worcestershire first eleven bowling attack were exemplary at the death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't argue with that. Just let that sink in. Or just give that a moment. And I tell you what, it's not getting a moment, Daz. It's not getting a moment. What it's getting is one of these. You've not asked for this for a while. <laughs> 
Worcestershire successfully bowled at the death without embarrassing themselves. Uh, played two, won two. Are we top of the league yet? I've got no idea. Do we care, no. really? Yes. No, right now, all we care oh, about is being... played three. What's going on there? What we care about is beating Gloucestershire. We've got a long history with them and there's been various shenanigans over the years. So getting one over on them is always pleasant. Do you know what? It's a really good point. I know we get a lot, a lot of Warwickshire focus, but um, doing those lot from down the M5, that feels pretty good. Oh, we, well, look, you, my nan was at the game today as well. She went down. Your nan went? Yeah, she was at the game. She sent me a photo. Some lads outside the ground had a big Worcestershire flag in the one of the flats overlooking the ground, so she sent me that. But uh, she... Uh, she went down to my uh, roving reporter, uh, spent the whole afternoon in the beer tent, by the sounds of it, helping <laughs> from the rain, and then missed the last two overs. <laughs> <laughs> she is definitely related to Daryl Butler. Um, <laughs> she's just saying, how, how did you miss the last two overs? How did that happen? And she's just messaging about going, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, Daz's nan. Um, we salute you. God, God bless you. We've all done it. I mean, normally do it. We had a few yeah. too many beers. We've missed all the keys. I've been to Test match days and I've not remembered a single thing that happened. <laughs> Alistair Cook got like a treble under or double under or something. I can't remember a single thing about it. Um, look, I mean, uh, we won't. We won't go into details. But remember last time we went, Daz, we missed some of the cricket because the floodlights went out. Oh yeah, they did, didn't they? That was, how how many? That was years ago. It was the year we won the league there. Uh, that's why I remember that. But yeah, floodlight failure. How many people annoyingly said, put a 50p in the meter? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> yeah. the funny thing about it was the, the delay meant that Sky, who had the game, couldn't show Worcestershire lifting the trophy because they ran out of time. I mean, they could have done the so-and-sos. What do they have gone on next, like Speedway or something? Yeah. Um, look, I mean, Daz, I'll do you the table. It seems kind of pointless. Um, we're, we're fourth. There you are. Oh, rubbish. Suck the, suck, suck the coaches. Uh, <laughs> some weird thing is some people on Facebook will be doing that right now going well I think yeah. it's an absolute disgrace we're behind Durham sure they've played a game more but uh, <laughs> um, so yeah we, we are um, we are fourth Durham atop played three five points Essex played two one two Lancashire played two one two us played two one two then it's Hampshire Sussex Middlesex Gloucester and Kent it means relatively little because it's very early on but two games where it looked a little bit iffy um, well, let's face it. I mean, uh, Josh Baker and Joe Leach, they're having themselves a time. And um, Jack Haynes just keeps churning out 50s. What's not can to like, think, boys? Can we just acknowledge as well that we've got a positive run rate in a table? Can we just uh, yeah. mull over that for a minute? <laughs> That's a very good point. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, yeah, we have... Um, Plus 0.291. That's for your statisticians and your spreadsheet botherers. I'm not too fussed about that until it gets to the point end of the season where it might make the difference between being in and being out. Get yourselves booking the 19th of August off work. And what's happening on the 19th, Daz? Uh, it's the final on a Thursday. So let's get it booked off just in case because I'm more on the idea of putting Thursday. the final in the middle of the week. It's on a Thursday. Speaking of Thursday, that's our next game. It's against Essex. It's at the Cloud FM County Ground. Oh, God, that's a dreadful name, isn't it? But there we are. So, uh, 100% record thus far. We don't miss them, do we? Moeen who? Not even bothered. Anyway, gentlemen, we got through it. It's been a busy old day. I'm absolutely desperate for me tea. Pete, enjoy your pizza. Hope it's not too cold. Daz, whatever it is that you're doing, just make sure it's legal, would you? We'll catch you next week, hopefully to talk about more wins. It's always more fun when you do. Peace! Bye! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.